Hello, everybody. So I want to welcome you to the Keep It Live with Mike show every day, 9 p.m. Central Standard Time, and we will talk about anything you want. We can go from politics to minor sports. I'm not into the football, basketball, or baseball. Politics in both Mexico and the United States, and just about life and uh What's life about? So join me every evening for a half hour of talk and answers, at least ideas. So um, if you would like to go live, just go ahead and go live. And uh, I mean, go ahead and add me and I will surely add you on and we can chat. And if you say a follow, I will follow you back. So make sure you follow up and we can have some chats and have some good times together talking about life. Today is Monday. I know, what is today? Thursday, November 17th, and it's 9 p.m. for the live Mike with Live with Mike show. <laughs> I used to do a comedy show. In fact, I still do have a comedy show. It's a comedy festival that we do every year, but we also do every six months for another minor festival. So make sure to add your content and we can actually enjoy some time together. So if anybody would like to go live, just go ahead and go live. Go ahead and send me a request and I'll add you and we can join and have a good time chatting about the world or what's going on in the world or talk about your local area, what's ideas, talk about things that maybe, maybe are important in life. We'll be doing this every day from 9 o'clock to 9.30. And then as we start getting more, we'll start doing more. Why not? So anyways, go ahead. If you'd like to join in a conversation, go ahead and add me. And we can have a chat about life, politics, anything you want. Just kind of chilling. My work is good and done. Did my work the other day. Uh, we can speak in Spanish. Yo puedo hablar español también. Este quieres. Uh, or we can just talk in English. <laughs> and uh, we can talk about a lot of different ideas. Talk about where I live in Mexico City. So if you have any ideas or thoughts of coming to Mexico City, let me know. I do have an Airbnb here. So I do work with people during that time. But anyways, I'm here and I can work with you guys. Talk to you guys about anything you want. Um, Anything that crosses your mind. Go ahead and add me. And I will go ahead. Hey, Pride Life. Hey, how you doing? I'm a gay guy as well. <laughs> yes, gay guy. You should add a, send me a request and we can have a chat. And uh, yeah, I'm actually a gay guy. And I've been gay for a long time. <laughs> so anyways. So Perry the Light. Nice to meet you, Perry the Light. And I love your gay rainbows that you sent in the, in the chat. And if you'd like to have a conversation, go ahead and hook up and we can have a little conversation. Two to three questions and we'll move on to the next person. But anyways, we're going to have a longer conversation.
Yes, go ahead. Let me. Maybe I can send you a request. Is this how it works? Follow. I'm going to follow you. So I just followed you. I invite you as a guest. Oh, you don't have guest access, it says, for some reason. Oh, too bad. Yeah, see, see, see if you can request, uh, request it to me. For some reason, it says you don't have friend. You don't have. Let me try again. Top one, manage, friends, followers, likes, invite. I sent you a, an invite. It says the viewer does not have guest access. Hmm. I don't know what that quite means. You don't have guest access. Hmm. Definitely. Ah, okay. Yes. Yes. I get it. I get it. Yeah, we, with time, I think you'll be able to do it. But right now, you don't have guest access, it says. Oh, maybe you need to have so many users. Ah, oh, that's probably what it is. But go ahead and type something in the chat, and uh, we can have a discussion. And I can answer some questions. Uh, maybe uh, we can share through the chat back and forth some information and ideas. And I'm liking people who are appear to uh, show up in the chat and swipe um, right to view more comments. Swipe left, to <laughs> I just don't understand this. Oh, here we go. Oh yeah, here we go. Now I see a lot more chats. That's that's pretty cool. Uh, that's great, actually. I'm glad we have that. So anyways, so I want you to ask me a question in the chat and maybe we can uh, carry a little conversation while we're going this way, since we can only communicate this way. There's people kind of coming in and out, but this is live chat about the world. Anything you want to talk about. And let's see if we can gain a theme. Um, I actually run a comedy show uh, online as well as I uh, was live when I was in LA, uh, but I moved to Mexico City now. So now I'm living in Mexico City and we're looking at maybe perhaps starting our stand up there. What is the first thing someone should be aware of for their first visit to Mexico City? What is the first thing someone should be aware of? for their first visit to Mexico City. Well, first of all, Mexico City has changed since the eight years that I first came here. Right now, the city has been, went through a redevelopment in the downtown area. And it actually, uh, with, the with the influx of Ubers into Mexico City, I honestly think it's very, very safe. Um, I have no problems taking Ubers anywhere. Uh, the, I've noticed that the, even the, the taxi, taxis have improved their services in Mexico City. As far as anything else, um, the water, of course, is still not good for drinking, but you can get used to it. Uh, it just takes a little bit of time. But if you're in a short term, uh, just drink a lot of water out of a bottle. They sell it everywhere. It's very very cheap price. They don't gouge you here. Also, uh, the food is great, the tacos. Uh, the thing I don't like about Mexico City, just to inform you, is you can have 
two restaurants across from each other. One's focused on the American dollar, so they'll charge you maybe three quarters of the American dollar for food for a nice restaurant Americanized experience. Across the way, you'll get a more of a homegrown uh, Mexican restaurant that's you know, has self-proprietorship, and it'll be one quarter the price. <laughs> so you have to decide what you like. Oh, Los Angeles. Yes. Oh, but it's very safe here. I actually go to the United States almost every Thursday. I fly out of C um, um, CDMX. I mean, not CDMX. Yeah, CDMX Airport. I arrive in, in, in the United States, and then I fly back the next day. I use Uber to get there. Uh, I get when I get when I get home. I use Uber to come back to my home, which is in the middle of El Centro, is the centro de Mexico City, um, and I have no problems, nothing, nothing. Very safe. Uh, if you're a traveling female, you, you'll have no problems either. I don't see any problems here. I've been here now for 18 months, going on 19 months, and I've seen no issues that were substantiated as what they show you in Hollywood. <laughs> Los Angeles, yeah. Los Angeles, I lived there for quite a while. I ran my comedy show there. And I did a lot of films there as well, made some films. And uh, both as the actor, as a producer. And basically, yeah, I like LA. A little pricey, uh, very pricey. So I kind of uh, enjoy being here a little bit better. <laughs> so uh, what, part of this, what part of the world do you live in, Prairie? Prairie Light? Waits for some feedback. Hi, Dorothy. How you doing, Dorothy? How you doing, Dorothy? Oh, Colorado. I used to live, I used to go to Colorado Springs. In my first life, my first 20 years of my life, I was a gymnastics coach. And so I used to go to Colorado Springs um, every year, two to three times with my athletes because they were high-level athletes. So we'd go to the train, Olympic Training Center. So I'd fly through Denver and go to Colorado Springs. Oh, New Mexico. Oh, great. I used to go to New Mexico a lot at the, for the, at the pit for gymnastics meets. And I'd take all my athletes to the pit for various uh, championship meets that were there. So we'd end up in, um, I think that's uh, Albuquerque. Yeah, Albuquerque. That's great. Yeah, I've lived in Arizona. I was born and raised in Arizona. And then I went from Arizona to, to Oregon. How you doing, Bryce? How you doing? I like to watch your videos, Bryce. I watch them often. It's great to see you there. And uh, yeah, I lived in Oregon. I lived in Washington. I lived in California, San Francisco area, as well as LA, Santa Monica, and San Diego. Um, Hi, Bryce. How you doing? Jay Dominguez. How are you doing, Jay Dominguez? Rosa, hold up. How's life? Hey, Bryce. I watched your videos. Oh, yeah, you're great. I love it. I love it. I love awesome things. Maybe we can chat. You want to chat? Can you chat yet? I don't know. It doesn't say you can chat. But yeah, I watch your stuff. It's great. You remind me of a good friend of mine uh, when I was in college. Yes, I'm doing good. 
I'm I'm home now, right now in Mexico City, and uh, I decided to stay for the holidays. So the next two days, although Thanksgiving isn't a holiday here, uh, I have uh, people that I I work with here, so I'm going to spend my holiday here with them. Although I don't know if I'm going to make any turkey, <laughs> so that's what I do. And uh, so what's up? What are you up to? Uh, Bryce, what's going on? What's going on in your life? What's different? What's fun? Uh, what's interesting? Tell me something interesting about your life that I don't know or no one knows. If you want. <laughs> I do run a comedy show. I do it online right now. But I also have done it in um, uh, in, in L.A. at a comedy club there. And right now, uh, I'm here in Mexico. We are thankful for Mexican food. I am very thankful for Mexican food. <laughs> you know, I... I do tacos. I love the tacos here. In every corner, there seems to be a good taco stands. Happy birthday. Happy holidays, Bryce. Yes. So we have some, where are you from, Bryce? We have one person that's here from Colorado and New Mexico. And where's Bryce from? Although I think you said it. Oh, that's awesome. Awesome. How did that go? The election polls. How, how did that go? Oh, Atlanta. Right. I knew that. I knew that. I actually used to work in Atlanta. I used to fly from Portland, Oregon to Atlanta every work in Atlanta for a week and come home on the weekend. I did that for several years. I was living in Portland, Oregon. Uh, this is in the dot-com days when there's a lot of money. So companies paid us lots of money and we were able to fly back and forth at will. So yeah, Atlanta, yes, big, big community. How was the, uh, tell us a little bit about your experience on the polls on election day. What did you feel uh, after, let's just ask that, after the event, what did you feel about the election? Uh, what did you feel? Did you feel uncomfortable? Did you feel everything felt good? Um, what what to your mind working as a poll uh, as a poll, a poll day. Oh, wow. What happened? What you just felt that the, the election didn't sway right, or you felt that there was, um, the way things were voting was handled with the machines breaking. What, what did you think? Clerk. That's an important role. <laughs> That's a bit of a joke in itself. <laughs> That's great. In, in fact, um, I was going to, if I was going back to LA, I was considering to work on the election again. I worked in 2000 before I came to Mexico. And then when I've been here since then, and I was considering going back because I was offered some opportunities and then I decided just to keep the opportunities I have now in, in Texas. Yeah, that's, a, that's, that's true. Sometimes people don't know what they want. And so it's easier just to follow. Unfortunately, the American system isn't built on that. What had you moved to Mexico? Honestly, I'm going to be completely honest with you. Liberty. 
<laughs> an opportunity. I, I, I've been to Mexico eight years ago for the first time when I made a film. When we finished the film, at the end of the shoot, it was a two, two-week shoot, I just felt that I wanted to come back. And yes, you're right. The American system is built on conformity and not creation. You're absolutely right. So I decided that I would research my family background. Little did I know <laughs> that um, I had a very strong family background in Mexico. Uh, so much so that I was able to get my Mexican citizenship. And I also found that my surname, Ortega, had a bit of popularity here that I didn't know about. And uh, that's a kind of, I guess, by living in the United States, I was concentrating on my life there. And it wasn't until I started looking for alternatives and dissatisfaction with being a Mexican in the United States. Because even though I was um, very gringo, um, my, my family is very Mexican. My brothers and sisters are, and my mother are very moreno, which is very dark-skinned. I just happen to be very light-skinned. And I just decided that I just wasn't satisfied with, you know, what was going on in the United States. So I decided, well, you know what? I have my citizenship. Why not come down here and see how it does? Give it a year. Uh, about six months into it, I decided, okay, I'm going to stay. And then a year and a half into it, uh, I said, I definitely going to stay. And that's kind of where I'm at now. Isn't creation a come up here? Uh, I don't know that. Um, I am a Mexican also. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's great. Awesome. That's awesome. You know, you know, I, I, I have a long history of of being my I have I have my family has been in, in politics indirectly um my whole life. My brother who just passed away was into politics. Uh, my other brother's wife who just passed away, unfortunately, she was very big into politics various roles in the background. And I always just had a different way of looking at things, but I was too busy in my own life and I didn't really care much. But now that I've gotten older, I decided to take a little bit of different approach. And although I've always worked with young people, I decided to be more of a voice of reason and uh, freedom. Mexicant, that's a funny, funny phrase. <laughs> You know, it's 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 um, uh, it's so funny that you said that because the 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 people in Mexico are very diverse. Uh, there's a lot of people who are light skinned like me. There's the Morenos who are dark skinned, and then there's other ethnicities here that come from all the whole region. In fact, the current mayor of Mexico City, she's first generation from from Russia, uh, Russia area. I think she also, I thought it was Poland, no, Hungary, no, Hungary, Hungary, Russian background. She's a first generation Jewish person who lives here and who's running for mayor, who's mayor. Um, I won't go into her. If you watch my videos, you pretty much know what I think about her, but she's first generation. And the bottom line is um, Mexico is a very, uh, amazing country with a lot of culture, 
a lot of poor culture that has made it great, uh, even though they have little little means. So it's very uh, very diverse, and that's why I like it here. Actually, it's a fun community to live in, and uh, I have a lot of people that I um, work with here, uh, young people, um, street vendors, and uh, I love it. I love it. So. Well, Bryce, you're right. Poverty is drastically rising in the United States. Um, one of my biggest dissatisfactions and one of the reasons I left was because living in Santa Monica, I've been going there since I was a kid. I love it there. Santa Monica, California to me was just an amazing place. It has the Hispanic culture. It has uh, the uh, beauty, the beach. The the Ferris wheel on the part on the on the on the pier, nice long walks I would take every day. Then I start going to Venice area and it just start getting worse and worse and worse. And since I've been going to Santa Monica since I was sixteen years old, I just was blown away by it all. And yeah, the pier I love the pier, but I start seeing a lot of homeless. And I start seeing politicians coming in and out, in and out, and they never were addressing the issue. And I just felt dissatisfied. Uh, the last seven years of my life living in California, Santa Monica, before I came to Mexico, I was very disappointed with what I saw. And I start looking at the demographics and the numbers. And the numbers weren't jiving for me. What I mean by the numbers is, uh, you know, I work in IT. And I had to do what they call, you know, we have to do balance sheets. And the balance sheets always have to match up. But I was noticing the balance sheets weren't matching up. And I decided, well, either I have to do something about it or I need to go somewhere where I can do something about it. So that's why I ended up in Mexico. Yeah, you know, it's funny that you said that because politicians on both sides have been addressing the issue but been doing nothing about it. For example, in 1920, I know 1942 was the uh, there was a act, a civil rights act for um, helping the homeless. I forget, I forget the name. And when I started researching this, I couldn't believe that this act was in place and passed by Congress and the Senate. And here we were, a hundred years later, and nothing had happened. No, well, not hundred, but seventy years later, nothing had happened. So then I realized billions of dollars were being spent and nobody was, somebody wasn't accounting for those dollars. For example, I worked with a lot of homeless in, in Washington, Seattle, Washington. In fact, ironically, a funny story is I was at the Union Gospel Mission in Santa Monica, I mean, in Seattle, Washington. And one night a, a guy walked in and wanted to do a, a speech about drug addiction. And that person was Robin Williams, <laughs> okay? As I saw him do his speech in front of all the people who were living there and sleeping there and paying $5 to be in the Union Gospel Mission per night, I was pretty blown away by a lot of things. Um, I was blown away by himself, how he acted in his body language and his stories. Uh, but then I was also saddened because when I looked at what was happening in the Union Gospel Mission, the people were having to pay $5 to sleep in this place. And at the same token, they were having they were having a bed bug epidemic. Epidemic. 
So not only were they having to show up to sleep there at night at 4 30, 5 o'clock at night, but they were because they had the door shut down at 6 30. But they also were sleeping and paying five dollars to sleep with, in bed bucks. And that kind of was the crest of why I said there's a problem here. So then I started going to Goodwill because Goodwill is based out of Seattle. So I went there and I started working in the back end department because I, you know, I was a little bit of people knew who I were. I had a, a company. So then I was, I was working with um, the company I had was an employment agency and I was hiring felons and people who were at high risk and couldn't get jobs. So I hired them to do jobs that were actually pretty good jobs that uh, companies would let us work with them on certain things. And uh, that means they had visibility. Uh, they, they were never ashamed of what they were doing uh, because no one knew their backgrounds. And at the same token, we had a good, good control because they knew that I was there and working for them as well. But I started working in Salvation Army and I, no, Goodwill. Oh my gosh. After two to three weeks of several meetings, I just, I couldn't do it anymore. I said, I can't do this because I'm seeing too many things that are, are bad. They're taking advantage of the customers. They're taking advantage of the funding. Uh, it's just, I, I don't want anything to do with this. So I just stacked off and moved on. And uh, my business didn't associate with them anymore. Uh, Brown versus Board of Education. Yes, 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 yes. Brown versus Board of Education. You know, after dealing with this stuff long enough, you start second-guessing what's this all about. And that when I say second-guessing, I don't mean second-guessing. You see what it's about. You're just always a little stunned that you're actually having this conversation with yourself. And that stunning conversation is the crest of the problem. And that's, that's it's just, Brown versus Education is a classic example. America has legislated laws so that they don't have to hold their word. Well, that's a good way of saying it. I like to say it a little differently. I like to say it that America, United States, has built process so that way the process can be the bad guys. So that way they can always look like they're doing good. That's politicians. But the process is distinctly written so that two things happen. A, they are not accountable to the process. And B, they put bodies in front of them that are accountable so people can attack them. The policing in the in, in United States is the exact same issue. When I was in Washington State, because I was working with so many people who were felons and who were on probation, what I found out through my research, because I'm a little nosy guy, I found the laws were written, passed to cops, and told how they needed to respond to the laws so two things could happen. The state couldn't get sued. And two, they protect the officers from getting arrested for doing bad acts. So when you start seeing that system happening, you start questioning the whole system. Because what's the difference between that and the mafia? Really, there's no holistic. If a cop does something bad, they should be held accountable. But cops are taught how to work within the law so that the state can't get sued. 
At the same time, it protects a bad cop. So it means you can't, in the system, perpetuates not allowing bad cops to exist. Because it turns out the bad cops also can be the bullies for the people on top because they're in front. So it's a really dirty system. And it's sad because, you know, from so many years growing up from age 20 to an adult to hitting my 50s, I thought that the system was truly, truly balanced and fair. But I don't believe so anymore. Okay, let's move on. Uh, that's why so many racist cops get away with... Oh, no, no, exactly right. It, the, it's exactly right. I hate to say this, but I actually saw... You can actually go to Google, look up Seattle Police Department, police notes, and you'll actually find what the police are to do and how they're supposed to act during certain procedural events that they're working through. So not only do they have the game rules of the of the of the uh, contract, is there a contract? Remember, all police are contracts. The reason why all police are contract is because of it's not because they're they are union. No, 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 no. That has nothing to do with it. The the union and the contracts separate the political people between the two, so that way the political people can make initiate the laws that they have to follow the process. But when anything gets happening bad, they're shielded because this company gets sued. So the political system in the United States is protecting itself through process. And that's why we can't get to the truth of things. Because in order to get to the truth of things, we have to go through the courts. But then that layer is also the same thing. It's also protecting itself. So unfortunately, it's just a mess. Just a mess. People often ask me, why do you like Mexico? And I tell them all the time in Spanish, because the Mexicans are asking me this, is because the United States have so many laws, so many rules, so many ordinances, so many things that I don't feel free anymore. And sadly, every one of those things I have to pay money for, not only in my taxes, but also in fees associated with those rules, regulations, and laws. So I just, I got exhausted. I'm just exhausted. Yeah. How is it, how is it different in Mexico? Okay, so this is a funny way to say it. I was just talking to a Mexican, one of my cab drivers, who was taking me to the airport, just, just about this one issue. He says to me, well, how is it different? I said to him, okay, in Mexico City, if you park your car in a no parking zone, What's going to happen? Hold on. Somebody wants to accept. I'm going to accept the live. Hi, Ceiling. Hello. How you doing? Great. Can I see you or am I going to see this talk to the ceiling? <laughs> <laughs> I think that will be better as we look into the ceiling. <laughs> hey, how you doing? Where are you from? Uh, from Boston. Oh, oh, Boston. I love the bubblers. <laughs> Where are you from? I'm actually from Mexico City. Already okay. Yes. So, are you working in? Are you working in a store? Yeah, I'm in a gas station. Oh, great! Welcome, welcome. Yeah, this is my <laughs> little show. I'm going to do every every night from nine o'clock to whenever we get bored. And uh, basically, I do. I'm a comedian. I do comedy, and I speak about nice. political things. As well. I love, I love comedy. Yes, yes. Where are you from? Where are you from originally? I Pakistan. see a accent in your voice. Where? Pakistan. 
Pakistan. Pakistan. Wow. Yeah. Actually been to Pakistan. Yes. Oh, yes. nice. Where in Pakistan? Um, it was that we, we, we flew into, I forget what airport we flew into, and then we stayed there for a couple of days because we had to go to Turkey. <laughs> uh, maybe maybe Karachi. Yeah, Karachi. That's where it was. Right. Yes, right. Yes, I loved it. I, the people are beautiful. And it's funny because I'm Mexican and we almost look alike. You know, it's funny because Mexican like, food and we have the same test too, the food. Mexican food and Pakistan is the same thing. You, you know, you just took the word out of my mouth. <laughs> I, yeah. I was looking at the food and I was eating and I'm like, wait a second. Is this Mexico? <laughs> like I have a lot of friends here, a Mexican, and a lot of Mexican restaurants. Sometimes we go there. I don't feel like so this is Pakistani or Mexican. Because the same thing. They like spicy food, we do the same thing. Uh, you know, it's it's well, it's good because it, I think that's why our skin makes you know, skins are similar. Not me because I have the acne, but but when yes. I was younger. But yeah, that really is dark, with, yeah. That when I yeah. when I that helps with the, the the flow of the blood through the body and it yeah. keeps you uh, the immune system uh, fresh yeah. and uh, plus I like a little spice in my life. <laughs> uh, we all do the same thing. <laughs> yes. So so do you do you work at the store or do you own the yeah. store? Uh, I'm working in the store. Oh great great! Yeah. How long have you been in this in the United States? like uh, maybe 26 27 years oh wow very good so how yeah. do you like the? what do you think about the difference between the two pakistan well you came over as a as a well, um for me and like the same thing like i go there for vacation uh, i spend month couple months so you cannot figure out in month couple months what's going on there because i'm just like a tourist i go there enjoy and come back again here uh, every year I go back to Pakistan for two, three months. Oh, great. You know, what's funny is I hear a lot of people say that. In fact, my mother, uh, she has a friend who lives in, in, who has a home in Puebla here in Mexico. And so mm -hmm. she was very excited to, to, when I was in Puebla a few days ago, she goes, oh, can you go to my friend's house? And I'm like, <laughs> I, I'm busy, mom. <laughs> you know? and, 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 but the reality was, uh, she said her friends does the same thing. She leaves for two weeks. And then comes yeah. two, three weeks, and then she stays for two months, and then she comes back to the United States. I've been finding myself because I have to go weekly back to the United States, so I only go for a day. And people always say, "Why do you go for a day?" And I said, "Well, honestly, when I came to Mexico, I got very sick eating the food and getting used to all of, all the things. But now, when I go back to the United States, I get sick." I said, so I don't, I don't want to eat the stuff in the United States anymore. I keep getting sick. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, just like you know, you talking. Actually, my wife is Italian too. Italian, Mexican, Pakistani, all the same test. And the same you must color. have some, you must have some amazing, amazing spaghetti. <laughs> oh yeah, spaghetti pasta. She making the best macaroni. I, people don't understand when I cook oh, my spaghetti pizza. sauce. When I cook my spaghetti sauce, she, I put. Oh, go ahead. She making her own. Oh own wow! Sauce. Oh yeah, we never buy sauce from the outside. She making own. Chicken is the best. I haven't learned how to make that yet, but I make my own. Uh, my sister makes some amazing sauce, some spaghetti sauce. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, it's so good! I always tell her make me some extra. 
but I can't bring it back. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> like she making own sauce for the eggplant. Oh my uh -huh. God! It's oh wow, great! My kids, they love it. I, I sent my kids to Pakistan like uh, one week ago. Oh uh, wow! Just per month. Like I have a twin sons, he's twenty years old. Yeah. So I told them, I said, go to your dad country, enjoy for one month. How did they like it? How, I'm curious to hear. What did they say? They love it. They, they love it, huh? Like, oh, yeah, they've been there one week. Uh, like, I uh, have brother, sister, cousin, everybody's there. So they enjoy with him. You know, I felt when I was, because of my skin tone, when I was traveling through, through Pakistan, Buenas noches, Prairie. Nice talking to you. When I was <laughs> when I was traveling through Pakistan, I really liked it there. I was like, I I just love. I'm not the kind of guy like like when I travel in Mexico, I always go to these hotels that that are just kind of older. They haven't been fully renovated. I like those kind of experiences. I, when I used to travel the world for for all these big IT companies, they put me up in five star hotels. So of course I'm not going to say no. Okay, I go to these five-star hotels. But oh, then yeah. I would leave after work. I would leave and go into the villages and to the different parts of the cities. And people said, aren't you afraid? And I said, you know what? When I was young, I was fearful of death. And then one time I looked at my mother and I said, mom, I'm not afraid of death anymore. And she goes, well, why is that? And I said, because when I die, I'm not going to remember it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> she goes, Michael, that's not a good way of thinking. Unfortunately, <laughs> I've lived my life like that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, just enjoy whatever you want. Like, you know, whatever kind you like, you just enjoy your life. But so, see, that's what makes it amazing, though. Yep. Is when you, so you can experience various parts of the world. Exactly. You know? uh, one second, someone else. Yeah, go for it. Okay. Alrighty. Okay, I hear you. you. Can talk to me. I, yeah. I yeah. Yeah. Can you send me a pack of cigarettes? I don't know. Ten ten dollars a pack is pretty expensive. <laughs> I know. Forget about the cigarette. You like wine? <laughs> well, uh, we can do a cigarette exchange. Okay, I'll send you some from Mexico, and it'll it's cost you best, 20 cents. <laughs> it's the best wine. Oh, wow. You guys are stocked up. Oh, yeah. Is this a neighborhood store, or is it a franchise store? Uh, neighborhood. Oh, great. I, I have a bunch of friends. It's actually a gas station. Oh, it's a gas station? Gas station. Self-service gas station. Oh, Okay. So, Sometimes people is coming inside to pay me, and sometimes they use the credit card outside. Right. And that's it. Great. It's my closing time. So tell me, uh, tell me any. I used to own. I used to own coffee shops. And I always had some very interesting stories with my customers. Tell me an interesting story about one of your customers. Oh, Ooh. my customer story, forget about Sometimes I say, how the fuck stupid they are. <laughs> Sometimes they ask you questions like this. 
And my head's spinning. Whoa, what's wrong, you guys? <laughs> like, funny thing, we have two doors. And the back side of the door here, this door is locked. You see, this door is locked. Yes. From outside, I have the things closed. And we have one door there. This one? Yes. Keep this one open all long night. Okay. Ah, okay. So, yeah, so the customers coming in this door, the door is locked. They turn around, coming there, I take care of them. They're going back again this way. I say, listen, the fucking door is locked, so this lock. <laughs> <laughs> it's locked you know why, though? In and out. Please go this way. Because it says open on it. It says open. No, no, I just put this sign now. Like, I don't have this sign. The, yeah, uh, I would take the sign off. <laughs> <laughs> I just put because the sign leaving. because I, I'm leaving now. So, oh my how God. Long did it, how long did it take to you, me to become a Mexican citizen? Well, that's an interesting story. It actually took me seven years to become a Mexican citizen. Uh, the, the reason why it, it took so long was because I had to work through some legal stuff because it turns out when I was five years old, I came to Nogales with my family and my brothers are all Moreno, which means they're dark skinned. And so when I came across the border, I was the only one the Mexicans wanted to keep. <laughs> and my mother's like, what are you talking about? So the story was they kept giving me a hard time because they said, no, he's Mexican. He's Mexican. He's not United States. And they wouldn't believe me. And then here I am, six years old. And I started crying when they started talking to me in Spanish. So I didn't know what they were saying. And I remember the story so distinctly. And then finally, my they I was crying so bad. My mother, uh, the, she had a look on her face. So the immigration says, take him, take him. Don't come back. Take him. <laughs> so let me go. You, you, you not so, speak Mexican language? See, si, you put that Espanol. See. Si. Oh, see, si, see. Si. Si. <laughs> I so know they, see. Okay, go for it. And then right. what happened was when I decided to get my citizenship seven years ago, I started working right. on it and they said, oh no, this is why you had a problem with your immigration when you were a kid. Somebody had registered my name in Mexico as a citizen. So we had to go through all this legal. I had to go to my state in Arizona. We had to go where I was doing all these things. Finally, long story short, um, I got my citizenship. So I am actually a full-fledged Mex uh, Mexican citizen, so I have two nationalities. I have um, right. I can vote in Mexico, and I can do whatever I want as far as I'm Mexican, normal people. But they do have a nomad law now in Mexico so that Americans can come here, and they can actually get their, their immigration status. And get residency. <laughs> 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 uh -oh. <laughs> what are you selling there? <laughs> okay. I never know that about this man. Yeah, this is from wow, this way. This, uh, <laughs> this is this is bad, though. Uh, this is the best things. <laughs> Twenty dollars. Twenty dollars. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, nineteen. It's uh, seventeen ninety nine plus tax. So he's gonna it's get an emotional one gallon, I guess, for twenty dollars. <laughs> yeah. So you yes, no, moving out of the country. Yeah. Actually, Mexico uh, made it nice uh, gas too? It's very affordable to live uh, here. Number uh, one. The right way. There's obviously a wrong way. Yeah. This your I would say away from the border cities, though. 
I would say away from the ocean cities, but inside Mexico corridor, like Puebla, Taxico, uh, all these other places, it's a really great place to live in Mexico. Um, I found what I do is I come visit some of these smaller towns in Pueblas because they're actually more affordable in the sense that they're not trying to sell you $5 cartons of milk. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the gallon of milk is now $6.99. No way. I was Seven joking. Out of the gallon. <laughs> you know, I, I lived a year in Hawaii, and this was in 19, when did I do that? 2010 and 11, I, year, I lived in Hawaii, in Oahu, and I couldn't believe milk was $6 a gallon. I wonder what it is now. I bet you it's like $20 a gallon. You don't need these things now anymore. You don't need it, right? No, you just gonna put this here right. and tie them up and push this this way and put the gas in the car. Okay. Four twenty nine. That's not bad. That's not bad. So this piece. Yeah, I want you put this in the top, right. and you put in the gas in the car. So you're gonna push this like this. Okay. It's easy. It's easy. Want you put this. Four twenty nine. Right. Okay. What's four twenty nine? They said it's four twenty nine a gallon for milk in Atlanta. Oh, cheap. Cheap? <laughs> Here is a seven dollars a gallon. Seven dollars a gallon? Oh yeah, my gosh. Wait, wait, wait. Eggs are around six to seven a dollar a dozen? Wow. That's I'm not gonna tell you how much they are here. I'm not, I'm not going to tell you, but I can tell you, you can buy six of those. <laughs> six and a half, to be precise. It's cheap and wow. You know what's funny is my, my, my cousin. Uh, one second, hold on. Okay. Uh, you want to use the card because I'm closing the store? Yeah, use the card, yeah. My cousin is a, is a, um, he's a meat company in, in you know Phoenix, Arizona. Right. And he buys those Ten. dozens of eggs yeah. for, for only 50 to 60 cents a dozen. So that's crazy if they're now that expensive, six to seven dollars a dozen. That's just blowing my mind. Blowing my mind. Well, I do know my favorite place uh, to eat is Waterburger. Can you do again? <laughs> and when I go to, when I fly to Dallas and I get into Dallas, they have a Waterburger in the airport. And now it's costing me $20 to get a a jalapeno cheeseburger with a coke and onion rings. Twenty dollars. I just blows me away. Thank you. Oh my gosh. How, many, how much gas you put in? Uh, one gallon. That's one gallon. Yeah. That's just crazy. I just I just can't believe it. I wonder where all the cost is coming from. Six ninety nine. My customer was here. I can't tell you what happened. They bring the gas cantana and they're looking at them. They say, where's the hose? <laughs> say, you have to, to open it up. This is why I was laughing. You have to, to open it up. You will see the hose. So take the hose. I'll show you too. So this is the hose. And that's it. <laughs> so, a lot that's of funny people is here. Well, you know, they, they, they bought that out of desperation. 
Okay, because $20 for a gas can is quite a bit of money. <laughs> yeah. Right now, they cost uh, 20, $23 a gallon. Oh, wow. Like $3.89 was a gas. And $19 for the container. So what is the what is the gas per gallon? You said three eighty nine there right now four dollars. Three eighty nine for the regular gas, yes. Oh, okay. Well, that isn't bad. I don't know. Living in California, gas has always been expensive. Oh <laughs> so yeah, yeah. To me, that sounds fine. <laughs> I don't know what that is. The difference. Is. Uh, like right now, uh, California gonna be like a six seven dollars a gallon. Yes, yeah, what I heard. My friends in California said it's that expensive. Three twenty nine, yeah. So you got the same price. Boston and and Atlanta are about the same price. Three twenty nine. That's not bad. Nope. Not bad. Not bad. Okay. Well, I'm going to shut up tonight, and I'm going to be back tomorrow at nine o'clock. And I would love to have you both if we can talk about something fun or different or amazing. And, and I want to I will want to hear something funny from you. Oh yes, yes. So I have a joke. I say this joke. This is my closing joke. Okay. My closing joke. Okay. I okay. keep telling all my friends in the United States, stop buying cartel drugs. And they will, why do you want to stop buying cartel drugs? I said, because if you do, they'll start making amazing tacos. <laughs> <laughs> but be careful, right. Oaxaca, be careful with the Oaxaca cheese tacos. Those <laughs> things will mess you up. <laughs> mess you up. Yep. You're right. Okay, so brother. Thank we'll you very much. And see you next time. Bye-bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.